Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. And welcome back to the show. Michael Goldstein will be joining us at 1130. Joining us right now is another doctor, uh, Dr. Daniel Promislow, who is the principal investigator and the co-director of something called the Dog Aging Project, which I'm very interested in. He is interested in the genetic variation and patterns of aging in natural populations of all kinds, but specifically has a lab that has been supported by grants from the NIH, the NSF, various different medical foundations, even the American Kennel Club. And so we're very excited to chat with Dr. Daniel Promislow right now. Hello, doctor. Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show. Hi. Hi. I am delighted to be here. Are you a veterinarian, a medical doctor, both? Neither. I am a PhD scientist, so um, I can't give out medical advice for people or veterinary advice for their pets, Um, but I'm really interested in uh, health of dogs, and uh, our team of about 100 people that runs the Dog Aging Project includes many veterinarians. Yes, I know that. So I was reading about in the New York Times a couple of weeks ago that there are issues with keeping the dog aging project alive in terms of sustaining funding. Before we get to that, I want to understand, tell me about this dog aging project. What is its principal mission? The overarching goal of the project is to understand the huge variation that we see in aging in dogs. You know, any of your listeners go to a dog park and look around and you can see that dogs are the most variable species in the world, from chihuahuas to Great Danes and everything in between. The same is true of how they age. Different breeds age differently. And, And of course, like people, dogs also are really impacted by their environment in both good ways and not so good ways. So the project is going to figure out what are the biological factors, what are the environmental factors that determine which dogs are going to be healthy agers. And ultimately, our goal is to help dogs and their human companions share healthier, longer lives together. Yeah, of course. None of us ever, I mean, I mean, all of us who love dogs, the, the, the principal heartbreak of loving our dogs is that 
they can't accompany us on our life's journey for as long as we want them to. And that's the That's heartbreak. right. That is. The they heartbreak. leave us too soon. They, they leave, leave us, us way too soon. soon. Absolutely. Uh, I, you know, I have very often thought, and pardon this ignorant question, but I have very often looked at, as you said, Great Danes and Chihuahuas, and they don't look at all like the same animal. And yet they both are dogs, and the human brain, we can recognize them as dogs. What is it about them that makes them both dogs that our brain can recognize that they are, in fact, the same species? I've often thought about that. That's such a good question. I mean, part of the answer, I think you'll have to ask a neuroscientist or a psychologist, and that's not my expertise. But they, all of the dogs that we know of, Great Danes, Chihuahuas, Vishlas, Bouviers, they all ultimately are descended from wolves sometime around 20 or 30,000 years ago. And really, back in the Victorian era, people really started creating all these different breeds. There were already quite a few breeds, but most of the ones that we know of today were just created a couple of hundred years ago. What is it that makes it so that we know that they're all dogs? It's hard to say. Maybe it's their behavior. They certainly recognize each other as dogs. They do. That's a a fascinating question. It is a really cool, right? It is. Yeah, Yeah. but they they all come from, from the same wolves, 20, 30,000 years ago. You have to tell that to my Bichons. I don't think they would agree. I, th- <laughs> I don't think so. They would tell you they were made for French kings. They understand that completely implicitly in their DNA. And they, there's no way there's anything wolf about them, except they can be a little bit protective. And in that respect, they can be very protective. But other than that, they really enjoy being pampered. Yeah, very true. <laughs> so so uh, tell us a little bit, when did this dog aging project start? It actually goes back 15 years. So there's a a paper that came out in Science in 2007. So that's the premier science journal in the country. And on the cover of that journal, that in back in 2007, was a picture of a Great Dane and a Chihuahua walking side by side. It was a paper from Elaine Ostrander's group. She's an expert dog geneticist, and they discovered something really interesting about the genetics of size in dogs. If you look at all the genes that affect size in people, there are hundreds or thousands of genes, and each of them contributes a tiny amount to determine whether you're going to be four foot eight or six foot six. But there's no one gene that makes a huge difference. In dogs, there's a single gene, and it's called IGF-1 or insulin growth factor 1. That's what that paper was about. And I already knew as an aging biologist that that's also an aging gene. And I thought, hmm, I wonder if that's why large breed dogs are shorter lived than small breed dogs. Why? How do you make that leap? Why? So the difference in size between the large breed dogs and the small breed dogs About half of that difference is because of this one gene, IGF-1, and a whole bunch of lab studies had shown over the years that when you knock out IGF-1 in mice, for example, they live longer. And the large breed dogs are shorter lived. So we don't know the answer yet, but it made me wonder, is the gene that's responsible for Great Danes being so big and Bichons being so small, is that also why Great Danes are so short lived? And I, I, I wanted to know that answer. I reached out to the veterinary school, and to my 
everlasting good fortune. They put me in touch with Dr. Kate Creevy, and she responded to tell me that she didn't know anything about aging, but she would be happy to meet with me. And here we are 15 years later. She's the chief veterinary officer of the project. She's at, now at Texas A&M. We were both at Georgia at the time. And so we built a nationwide team. We wrote grants to get funding from, from the National Institutes of Health. And since we launched, uh, our funding came in in 2018. We, we enrolled our first dogs in 2020. We now have 47,000 dogs that have enrolled from every state in the U.S. And we're still recruiting. If people have dogs out there, all sizes, all ages, from puppies to oldsters. So we've written 50 papers since we started. It's just been um, an awesome, exciting ride. And do you know the answer yet to your original question? <laughs> we don't yet know the answer, but your listeners might be interested. There's actually a, a private company, a commercial company that's not associated with us at all that has launched called Loyal. And that story that you referred to in the New York Times was actually about Celine Haliwa and her company, Loyal. And they're testing that idea by looking at drugs that influence IGF-1 to see if they can make those large breed, short-lived dogs live a little bit healthier and longer for us. Are they safe drugs as far as you know, doctor? As far as we know, but they're still in the testing phase. And one thing that's really important for everybody to re realize is the reason that scientists do these clinical trials in people as well as in dogs for anything is to find out if a drug works. We don't yet know. And these clinical trials take a while. So we don't have the answers yet, but they're doing the clinical trials for their drugs, uh, for two of their drugs. And we actually have a very different clinical trial testing a different drug called rapamycin. Oh, I know about rapamycin. Can, for yeah, years so, I've been reading about it. It's also the drug for cholesterol. Um, so I don't know about its effects on cholesterol. I can tell you in, in people what it's usually used for is at higher doses to prevent rejection in transplant patients. Whether it's a solid organ transplant or a bone marrow transplant, patients often get rapamycin. Turns out at lower doses in the lab, it makes fruit flies and worms and mice live longer. We're asking if at very low safe doses in dogs, it can help them live healthier longer. Yeah, I have been reading about the rapamycin study, which we're chatting with uh, Dr. Daniel Bromelo, and you can just go on Google and it will tell you quantitative measurement of cholesterol with high-performance liquid chromatography showed that the concentrations of free cholesterol in rapamycin treatment groups had a significant reduction. I have friends on rapamycin for cholesterol when they can't Very take the other ones, when they can't take the statins. If they can't take the statins, they give them rapamycin, and the cholesterol goes all the way down. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, I, I can you tell I take an interest in following drugs, you know. <laughs> and when I say drugs, I don't mean right. recreational ones. I mean these kind. Um, so we're chatting with Daniel Bromelow. So why is it, and um, maybe this isn't your project, but... Matt Caberline is quoted in the article as saying, we have been told informally that the grant is not going to be funded. Why would anybody lose interest in this? How many dogs do we have in this country? How many people have dogs, love dogs? Intrinsically, yeah, about 100 million. 100 million, right? So one in out of every Plus three Americans, more or less. Um, so why would we, is this true that funding is, is dissipating? What's going on? Um, so there, there are challenges, and I'm really happy to talk about that. So Matt 
Caberlein, I mentioned Dr. Kate Creevy already. Dr. Matt Caberlein and Dr. Kate Creevy and I are the three co-founders of the whole project. And he is the person who came up with the idea of the, the rapamycin clinical trial. And, and we work very closely together. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So... The cha- one of the challenges is that t- typical NIH grants are for five years, and to study an organism like a dog or a person over the long term obviously takes longer than five years. And so we, we ha- our study is longer than the typical five-year cycle. The other thing is that we have built one of the most complex, logistically complex studies that anyone has ever built. Not only are we collecting all this information about dogs, we're sharing all the information. So all of our data are publicly available, except for any information about the owners. We put that in a lockbox, so we protect the privacy of the owners. We share all the data. It's an open data project. And for many of the dogs in our study, we ship them kits, uh, ship kits to the owners. They bring that to the veterinarian. We collect blood and hair and urine and fecal samples, and we do biological analyses of those samples. It's an incredibly complicated study with tremendous power to identify the causes of aging. But that also makes it a huge study and hard to evaluate and and expensive. So I'm confident we're going to resubmit our grant in May, and I'm confident that it will be funded, um, but the process takes about a year. So we're facing this period of a, a gap of about a year, and so we're working really hard to bridge that gap. With we've created a nonprofit dog aging institute. We are discuss, in discussions with philanthropists and there are so many philanthropists and private money out there and foundations that love their animals. I mean, I, 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 to me, this is a no-brainer. Yeah. Why don't you call Barbara Streisand and say to her, you know what, sweetheart? Maybe you won't have to clone your Catan the next time if we could get your existing dog to live a little longer. Well, if I could have five minutes on the phone with her, that would be, me too. <laughs> that would be you amazing. You and me both. I, I'm, I'm very optimistic that we are going to be successful because people love dogs. And, and there are people who recognize, I mean, all my senior colleagues in aging research love the study and they are keen to see it funded and and I'm confident that we will find people who are as excited about what we can learn about helping aging in dogs and importantly what we learn about dogs 
is going to help us. They get the same diseases that we do. They live in our environment. They have a healthcare system like we do. So what we learn about dogs can also help us help and People so, Dr. Promislo, what, what have you learned already? If you haven't figured out essentially the genetic thing, although you have a hypothesis, what have you figured out, if anything, about environment that can teach us about how we care for our dogs? What are some best practices that you know of? So we're, it's important to emphasize that we're really just at the beginning. You know, our first dog just joined us in 2020, and we're still analyzing the, the molecular samples. But so there's so much more to go. We have huge potential. But already we've we found some pretty cool things. Um, we have, for example, found that dogs that live in a home with other dogs tend to be healthier. We don't yet know why. The exciting thing is that we are collecting the biological samples that will help us to explore why it might be that dogs that live with other dogs are are healthier. So I think you said you have two dogs? I do. I think that has to do with social and emotional health, which always has an impact on physical health. Um, Not surprisingly, but it was nice to find this. Dogs that exercise more have better cognitive health. So as dogs get quite old, past the age of 11 or 12, just like us, their minds start to slow down. And it turns out that more exercise helps them keep a sharp mind. You know, years ago, there was a drug. My first dog, Snuggles, may she rest in peace, my first dog who lived to 16, she started to, to develop some cognitive issues. And at the same time, she was diagnosed with um, not Cushing's disease, the other one. There's another one. Anyway, some, maybe it was Cushing's. It was some kind of a disease. Mm-hmm. And the medicine was made by Pfizer at the time. And it treated both. And do you know that she had a significant cognitive improvement? I think it was called Anapril. It was called Anapril, but they don't make it anymore. Going back Mm. 15, 20 years. And it it really helped her. And I, Mm. I sort of felt so bad because my vet stumbled upon this. And it really noticeably helped my dog. Her cognitive confusion went away. And she was definitely getting cognitively. It's so sad when you know that your dog is getting confused, a little doggy dementia. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we actually, one of the things I love about this study is actually what got me into aging in the first place. I've been studying it for 30 years and aging connects everything and everybody, whether you're a historian or an artist or uh, a child of an older person. (laughs) We aging is part of all of our experiences. And the Dog Aging Project platform that we've built allows people to take it in all these interesting directions. So we actually are now partnering partnering with a veterinary neurologist, Dr. Stephanie McGrath. She's at Colorado State University, and we have a separate study that uses our dogs to, to help us understand why it is that some dogs get what we call canine cognitive dysfunction, which looks a little bit like Alzheimer's disease. Yeah, of course. And that's just one of the the new directions that we're able to take our study. Well, I know you probably asked this a lot, Dr. Promislow, and then I'm going to let you go. But from a science point of view, is there any definitive, I mean, we can't answer it for people, good luck, but maybe you can for dogs. Are there any definitive things that you know about how we should feed our dogs that some things are better or worse so I'll, I'll say a couple of things. First of all, we, we have collected a lot of information on the kinds of diets 
that people give their dogs. And this is really exciting because we can, we're watching these dogs every year. Each participant gives us an updated survey on how the dog is doing on its health. And so we can track dogs, whether they're on a kibble diet or a frozen food diet, whatever they're getting, we're going to track all of these thousands of dogs for many years. And we'll see if there are certain diets that are associated with better health. We did publish one paper where we looked at the number of times a day that dogs, that the owner feeds the dog. And we, we found a strong correlation, but here I want to caution your listeners that correlations don't tell us what causes are. So we found a correlation that dogs that feed once a day tend to be healthier in certain respects than dogs that feed multiple times a day. For example, dogs that uh, feed once a day are less likely to have pancreas problems. But this is just what we call a cross-sectional study. It's just one point in time. We're not asking how the dogs that are fed once or twice a day today are doing five years from now. And I just want to tell a quick story. My uh, late dog, Frisbee, who, other than your dogs, I have to say she was the best dog ever. Okay, fair enough. I'll allow you to think that about your dog. She she lived... um, to 16, and for Aww. her size, she was a 40-pound dog. That's pretty <gasps> long for that. Wow. Pretty amazing. Yes. But when she was 14, she got pancreatitis, mm-hmm. and our veterinarian said, you have to give her many small meals a day. Mm-hmm. Don't give her big meals. She won't be able to tolerate it. It will make her even worse. And so there's a relationship in this case between having pancreas problems and how many times a day she, she she's fed. But it sort of goes in the opposite direction. So we don't know if you feed your dog once a day, they will be healthier. We just know that dogs that feed once a day tend to be healthier. And it's a a subtle but important difference. Yeah. Right now I'm feeding my dogs twice a day, not including a snack. So if you include the snack, because they have to have their treat after they officially have the, you know, then it's more than that. That's interesting. Yeah. So let me just say the most important thing that, all of your listeners can do, whether they have dogs or cats or even fish or guinea pigs, is follow the the advice working with your veterinarian. Mm, yeah. Your veterinarian knows your pets. I do not. So really important to work with your veterinarian to figure out what's best for your individual dog or cat. Well, we're going to be following the Dog Aging Project. We'll be reading all the different articles that come out that summarize your findings and hopefully it's going to last a really long time. I think we will get wonderful information out of it about our animals. And, you know, to the extent that we know that living with pets helps us live longer and better, it's always in our self-interest. Even though in my mind, doctor, it doesn't have to be. In my mind, it's intrinsically important enough for the animals. But for some people, they always Absolutely. want to bring it back to themselves. So if you want to bring it back to us, it's good for us too. Yep. What we what we learn about healthy aging in dogs is good for dogs. Absolutely. And and I will say we're we are still recruiting. If people want to join our study, they can go to our website at the Dog Aging Project, dogagingproject.org. And if they're interested in supporting us in other ways, we've just launched this new uh, Dog Aging Institute. Website is dogaginginstitute.org, and uh, they can check us out there. They can fill out a little form if they want more information. I'm happy to hear from your listeners. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Dr. Daniel Promislow, the principal investigator, co-director of the Dog Aging Project on the Lisa Wexler Show. Much appreciated. 
Oh, thank you for inviting me. I really enjoyed talking with you. Me too. We'll be right back with more of the Lisa Wexler Show. Stay tuned. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code GLOW. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com. 